We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is Danny and Dusty. What God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? With Danny Murray and Dusty, the fan man Hera. What ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app. Describe the ruckus, sir. And 1080. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. The fan. All right, hour number three, Danny Dusty with you, recapping a super wild card weekend, which gave us all super games throughout, including the Ravens putting up a fight in Cincinnati, 24-17, and it took a 14-point goal line swing for that game to happen, for that score to happen, which is incredible. Again, we're saying... In all of these games, there is something that you sit there and you go, whoa. It gives you reason to stop. It gives you reason to pause and talk about that game. For San Francisco and Seattle, you have Mr. Irrelevant winning a playoff game and doing it in impressive fashion, throwing for 330 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, In the Chargers-Jags game, L.A. blows a 27-point lead, and uh, Trevor Lawrence overcomes throwing four interceptions in the first five drives of the game and ends up winning the football game with four touchdown passes that end up being the difference. In the Dolphins and the Bills game, you have a team that's a 13.5-point favorite with a, a guy named Skyler playing quarterback, and they end up making it a, a game with the Buffalo Bills because Josh Allen turns the ball over again and again and again. The Giants beat the Vikings on the road because Kirk Cousins checks down on a fourth down. And playoffs? Down. And now you have the Ravens limping into the playoffs with Tyler Huntley as the quarterback. You have players that are openly bashing before the game and immediately after the game. The franchise quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who's out with a knee injury and his contract situation, although did you notice that a lot of those guys backtracked on on those comments and said they they need to figure out a deal for Lamar Jackson who wasn't on the trip to Cincinnati but that's say, that's the obscene part of this. I don't care yeah. what your contract status is or how bad your knee is or not. Mm. Get on the damn sideline. <laughs> that's ridiculous. But what you had Sammy Watkins the day before the game or two days before the game uh making it known that he was not thrilled with the fact that Lamar Jackson wasn't playing and, and said that if you're close, you got to play because you give us a chance to win a mm-hmm. Super Bowl. And then after the games, you know, J.K. Dobbins, he was upset that, one, Tyler Huntley was in there to institute the quarterback sneak. Um, 
that ended up going 98 yards the other way. Thanks and to not Sam being Hubbard. handed to him. But yeah, he wanted his touches. He 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 thought he needed those touches in that game. Uh, and he did have a solid game. He sure did. He had uh, five yards carry. 13 carries, 62 yards. It was, it was a nice little day at the office for J.K. Dobbins. But uh, ultimately, it was a 14-point swing on one play and one play only. Bengals were able to do this at the end of the half. Sam Hubbard, the hometown boy, goes 98 yards for a touchdown. The longest go-ahead touchdown in playoff history. What a play. I mean, Woof. watching it happen in real time was insane. You see Huntley jump, and you're like, he's not close. And then they just bat the hell out of that thing. And it just, blip, blip, blip. And you see the big fella pick it up. Like that, it, with the rules set the way that they are right now, one thing that I, I didn't mention with the Jags game, that Etienne touchdown where they went like they were going to sneak it with Lawrence and they gave it uh, to Etienne who went around the mm-hmm. edge. That is such a slick little Clever design, design. By, by Doug Peterson. But the fact is, because every defense is looking at it, now that you can push the quarterback, why are you not just pushing every Tyler Huntley? Every like, single time. Yeah. Do not go over the top. I mean, the Trevor Lawrence one... Like that one's a little bit different because, like you said, uh, uh, linebacker for the Chargers, oh, Drew Tranquil, Tranquil yeah. uh, decided to, to not fill five yards deep. Yeah, uh, and also you've got so six stupid. foot six, six foot seven, Trevor Lawrence, which Tyler Huntley is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, there's a, just a giant gaping hole there to just go through. But if you're going to go for the traditional sneak, there is no reason. That you don't just get leverage and push. Yeah. I, have you seen the wedge leverage play lose yet? No. It's it's literally like, I think it's batting a thousand. It is completely unfair to defenses, too, because I mean, like that, uh, that play right there, the Ravens didn't even try. They didn't even try to execute it properly. But when it does, it, it's, it's undefeated. I, you I have down not on the seen it. Line, you're going you're gonna to make it. I have, whether it's for a first down, touchdown, whatever, I have not seen it Man. work. Oh, all right. Well, uh, the that play was in th- that was an incredible one. The longest fumble return in postseason history. The latest uh, fourth quarter go ahead touchdown uh, in postseason history, which is, or the longest fourth quarter go ahead touchdown in postseason history. That is insane to think about. Like in what needed to go right for the Bengals because the win probability was at forty five percent, and it just in, fa- in favor of the Bengals uh, to win that game. It was at forty five point eight percent. After that fumble return, it swung to eighty seven point six percent in favor of the Cincinnati Bengals. 
that's how big that that play was. And if you are the Bengals, you've got now got injuries that continue to pile up. You got another offensive lineman who went down this time with a dislocated kneecap. You've got Eli Apple who's going down and, and now the severity of that one, we don't know. He sh- he should be available, but you need him to be a hundred percent because you're not really that good. Um, and this week you're going to get Josh Allen in the in the Buffalo Bills, and you've got to go to Buffalo for this game. If there's one thing that Cincinnati must do better, and I don't know if you can, with the way that your O line is kind of a machine right now, they've got to be able to run the ball better. It was it. Was, I mean, it is pretty gross to see some of these teams try to run the football. Believe it or not. The Chargers ran the ball better than the Cincinnati Bengals did. I mean, again, we're talking about how something adds up. Joe Burrow throwing for 200 yards and them rushing for 50 does not equate to Bengals win. Yeah. And this is this is in the in the wide-ranging and, and grand scheme of things. This is what makes San Francisco's win so damn impressive and highlights everything about the NFL. Playing a team two times and beating that team twice is hard. Playing a team three times, mm-hmm. you've unloaded the chamber on what you, you do don't to have beat, anything left on what you do to beat that team. You've unloaded it. Though every every punch and counter punch that you have, you have exhausted. And a third time is really hard. And that's what we have in the NFC divisional round with the with the Giants and the Eagles. Wee! Wow. And I, I think that's what's going to make that game infinitely harder to figure out. Um, but on the AFC side, you Bengals and Bills again. Bengals and Bills. Again. Well, I mean, we only saw a quarter of that. But you saw the game plan and kind of the feeling out process. Not just that. This isn't the first, you know, this is not the first time these teams have played in the last year plus. Yeah. And yeah, there's going to be some differences between them, but there's been a lot of familiarity breeds, contempt breeds, you know, just dudes. And that's what, when it comes down to the second, third matchups, it's less about scheme and more about dudes and execution. Yeah. And just doing, and in the playoffs, sure, you, you want to do what the 49ers did and just machine somebody into the ground. But it's just about manufacturing wins. About manufacturing wins, and then when you get to the to the to the pearly gates of the Super Bowl, you <laughs> like get that, that extra week off to prepare to get healthy, and it's 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 back to game planning and execution. Five second after I to the Bengals, we were talking about how bad Joe Burrow or uh, Justin Herbert and the Chargers were. Five second half possessions for the Bengals. They had a 12-play, 83-yard drive that took up seven minutes and eight seconds in that uh, third quarter. Their remaining drives were three and out, six-play, 13-yard drive and out with a punt, and then a, another three and out. With negative one yards. They, or excuse me, four, only four drives. Three of their four drives were punts, and they went real quick. Yes, credit You've to the Ravens defense, better. but... Also, you can talk about game plans, limiting the scoring opportunities and opportunities to be scored upon was part of what Harbaugh and the Ravens did. And that was huge because you have the first half, there's seven drives. That's it. Seven total. Not seven for a team, seven total drives. Just clock chewing monsters. The field goal drive for the Bengals is 14 plays. What was it? 630. That's good. The. 
the next drive it leads into an interception for the Ravens. That still went for two and a half minutes. Drive after that, six minutes. The Ravens' touchdown drive was 17 plays, 75 yards, and 10 minutes. That And that's what you have to do, though, when you're playing these teams. And this is it's going to be ugly between Philly and, and New York. Oh, it's, it is going to be slop. They are going to muddy this thing up because I know Giants fans are feeling really confident because they didn't play their starters, or majority of them, the last time that they played. But here they are again, and the game plan doesn't change. The game plan doesn't change, and this is going to be a slobber knocker. You're going to need those 17 play drives, especially if you're New York or Philly. Just think about both of these offenses. They're set up to do this, man. Just lean on you and, and wear you out. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how, when you're playing a team for a third time, that's what it has to be. You have to put these drives together. Or, or you get the freaky Sam Hubbard play where you've got to make the other team pay when you get that chance. And Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews was flying down the Fastest field. Fastest man on the field. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, a, that was a fun game, uh, Baltimore and Cincinnati, because... I think we were all anticipating that one to kind of be uh, one-sided in, in Cincinnati's favor. And Baltimore, they give them everything that they can handle and a little bit more. Uh, it, that was that was a really entertaining game down the stretch where you just went, what is happening here? Cincinnati's offense looking a little busted in that third quarter. As you said, though, give those Baltimore Ravens a ton of credit. All right, 503-250-1080. Is uh, the nation's long-awaited nightmare for most done? Uh, Did Tom Brady play his last game? Danny Dusty on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. All right, so we wrap up our super wild card weekend with the Cowboys throttling the Buccaneers last night. 
in a game that uh, the score was definitely not as close as 31-14 would indicate, because it should have been 35-14, but Brett Maher couldn't make a dang field goal to save his life. He did hit one eventually. Yeah, I guess maybe that was to <laughs> save his life. I mean, I I can't say I've never seen anything like this because as a Cardinals fan, I watched Rick Ankiel unlearn how to pitch in two innings. Yeah, uh, the yips happen. It like you want to go Chuck Knobloch, yeah. you can go. Uh, was guys, it Gary? Was it Gary Player that had the? The bad yips on the on the PGA Tour. Ernie Els missed six putts from like two feet uh, at the Masters. Mm-hmm. That was something. But we have the yips all the time. Like Shaq couldn't make a free throw. <laughs> He'll tell you it's because he didn't practice hard enough. Yeah, you know what? I think after getting embarrassed as many times as you did, no, that wasn't just mm. you uh, not practicing enough. No, you couldn't make a free throw between the ears. Um, we've seen these types of things happen. Just not like this in the NFL. No. This was something. Like, we were all watching a man lose his job in front of our very eyes, and he's been really good. Like, he's been one of the he's most accurate. He's been one of the best, best kickers in the NFL. <laughs> he's been one of the most accurate guys on extra points since they moved the extra point mm-hmm. back. Like, he's been really good. And he missed three all season long. He missed four extra points last night. And. If you watch the rotation on that ball every time, it looked like I kicked it. That was just the he even most bizarre one. damn thing. The crazy thing was is he lined up on the opposite hash or the opposite the, the, the wide side and doinked it on the opposite post. Yeah. Like it it wasn't that he was like kind of missing these. He was shanking the living hell out of them. Bad. Very bad. And you know what it did? It overshadowed what was Really, the best performance that Dak Prescott has has had as a Cowboy, definitely this year, but maybe in his entire career. 25 of 33, 305 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, only took one sack. He was electric last night for the Dallas Cowboys. And the crazy thing is, he was awful on his first six passes. I mean, just... No, no. C.D. Lamb had three drops. I mean that was that was CD okay, Lamb. You, like I mean, you hit if you, you hit a receiver, you need to catch the ball. And then he also airmailed his next three, putting his guys out who made tremendous catches. Yeah. But then I, I want to say that to set up the fact that after that he was flawless. He was. He was great. Flawless. And that's the first and only time I think I'll ever say that about Dak. Yeah, and Dalton Schultz had an incredible game. Jesus. Uh, That was something to behold, and I think it also highlights uh, they did beat a team that is 8-9. and True. Heading it, I mean, they're not, well, I guess they finished the year 8-10. But they, I mean, it was, we're talking about a Buccaneers team that was severely limited. We knew how limited they were. They won the NFC South, which... I mean that that's that's look that's a horrific stumbling into we know it. that yeah but Dallas handling their business the way that they did how many times did we see well we saw two other times teams run out to big leads let their foot off the gas and put a win in jeopardy and I give the Cowboys a ton of credit because the way that that game started going out up eighteen nothing that eighteen zero lead 
must have seemed like it was it might as well have been 40 nothing because that uh, the Tampa Bay offense was anemic um, stuck in the mud man they were wheels just spinning and a, a lot of it like again this is one of those games where if you look at the box score you see Godwin 10 of 85 Jones 7 of 74 Evans 6 of 74 and you're like okay yeah that makes sense cuz you get 13 11 11 on targets mm-hmm. to your to your big 3 yep. but nobody broke out and mm-hmm. they could not run the ball no and then Tom Brady throwing a red zone interception for the first time since 2019 Brutal. Also, Tom Brady throwing 66 times. Not ideal when you're having to lean on your 45-year-old quarterback mm. like that. And look, there's there's a ton coming out of that game that, that you can dissect. But, I mean, one thing, Maher apparently still has a job. That's very real. The Dallas Cowboys fans are through the through the moon, and they should be. Because you win a team, you win a playoff game on the road for the first time since 1992. They are now one and eight in their last nine road games in the playoffs. That's good to have under your belt. But let's be honest, right? It's like it's like showing up at the playground and you're like, "Hey, man, you, you want to race?" And you say, "I'm not racing anybody else. I'm, I'm going to race, you know, you slow guy." Mm-hmm. And taking the slowest kid on the playground and, and beating him on a race. They played. They beat the worst team in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's close. The worst team in the playoffs. No, I, I'm not going to Tampa disagree. Bay Buccaneers. No, they they are. They, they outside of Brady and the wide receivers, what do they have? Nothing. There's the running game's non-existent. Offensive line's non-existent. Their DBs can't stop anybody. They can't really get a pass rush. They've got some decent linebackers, but like that's that's why I picked the Cowboys. Yeah. That's and why was, I picked the Cowboys. Their roster was way better heading into this. It was just Tom, the allure of Tom Brady. Scared a lot of people. And, and they said, well, Tom Brady, he could win. He could he win. Could. But you know what? Micah Parson and Demarcus <laughs> Lawrence and company being able to pin their ears back and just go and get the quarterback. Yeah, they they got to him. Man, they hurried him up a little bit. They warmed up that pocket they quite put, a bit. They put Micah Parsons everywhere. They stood him up as a rush end on both sides. They put it with his hand down on the ground. They put him. Did you see him put him in the middle? Uh no. Why did I yeah, go ahead. They they ran a uh uh a blitz with Parsons coming out of the middle linebacker spot. Perfect. It just move him. Just moving him all over the I, I saw him get through the middle of the field. I'm like, did they run like a huge twist? And then they show the play and I was like, no, Par- Parsons lined up over the center. And I was like, what is happening here? It just it just put the Cowboys in or the uh, Bucks in just weird spots. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I said Lawrence Armstrong. Armstrong, he was making Tom Brady hurry up that clock a little bit, hurry up that clock a little bit. That was fun, man. That was really, really fun to see uh, the Dallas Cowboys have that success, but also white-knuckle it knowing that their kicker may come come up to bite them. Hey, uh, 12 pass deflections, is that good? I would say so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, I know a lot of betters are upset. This text, 503-250-1080. The over was at 45 and a half in that game. I, it finished at 45. Yeah. I had the over. Thanks, Maher. Yeah, no, it, it destroyed gonna... some overs. Oh, for sure. Um, on on Dak, though, watching, again, caveat of it's the Bucks and they suck, I want to give credit where credit's due. Every time he found Schultz, it was looking off a of safety and then hitting him. Looking off a linebacker, hitting yeah. him. He was in his bag, and his eyes were 
for once not deceiving him because yeah. his 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 flaw this season has been interceptions when he's staring guys down. Yeah. Will that carry over against the 49ers? Probably not. No. Probably not. No, they're going to they're going to touch him up. They're probably going to get waxed. They're yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you you got this one Cowboys fans enjoy it. Great matchup. You know, the Cowboys must lose next week because if we have an all NFC East NFC Championship oh, game. Oh god. Those that's where they will unite like the SEC. Yes. Like Cowboys, uh, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants fans, the Commanders will pipe up and and say something, which is just stupid because they shouldn't say anything right now. <laughs> like, yeah, well, we were in that division. You see the? Uh, did you see the latest on the Commanders where Dan Snyder doesn't want to sell the team to Bezos? Was wasn't keen on selling to Bezos because he owns the Washington Post, apparently. Yeah, because <laughs> they write mean things about him. Ah. Uh, and by the way, he never, never put in a bid. Officially submitted a bid, which was yeah. mind blowing to me because that's all I've heard was that that's you know. who the NFL wanted to have have the team. I think he's going to buy Seattle. I think he knows they're coming up soon. Why would he buy Washington when he can buy the team that in the is backyard. in the backyard? Um, and have to clean up the. I mean, why buy a team where you have to clean up a bunch of messes? You, you have to spend a billion dollars on a new stadium. Yeah, where if he buys. Seattle, which is going to be for sale soon, then go you, ahead and you, you buy don't. That. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> it's it's in a perfect location in a great field. Yeah. with they've solved most of the parking situations and everything else around it. Like yeah. it's a good place to catch a game, and you don't have to worry about much. And you know what? If Jody Allen decides that she wants to keep the fo- football team and the basketball team, okay, <laughs> okay, then you don't buy the Seahawks and you don't own an NFL team. You just sleep on your pile of money. But when the team comes up that you want to buy, go ahead and buy it because you have more money than God. Yes. It's an it's allowable thing. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was a right-on-brand move for the current regime of ownership. But I was a little surprised that we didn't see him even put in an application for a bid. Yeah, that is yeah. that it, that leads me to believe that he's looking somewhere else for certain because he has been open and public about wanting to buy a team. Apparently we're getting into the the realm of like and this is this kind of does suck about NFL team ownership, mm. well professional sports ownership is that you it, it's no longer Singular. like going to be a, a situation where somebody wants to buy the team is like, well Paul Allen did for civic duty, right? Mm-hmm. Keeping the keeping the team in Seattle and owning it just because like now we're seeing like all of these groups that I I guess the ownership group for Chelsea, the um, Premier League team, that ownership group, they they are ones that are eyeing buying the Commanders, and then Josh Harris, who owns the Seventy Sixers and the uh, the New Jersey Devils, he's uh, another a bidder that they're that they're targeting. It's just like uh, more ultra wealthy people, and if the Chelsea folks do it, do you think that they're going to do? Like, just run them into the ground, even though you can't really run the commanders any further into the ground. Uh, like the Fenway group did with Man United, Manchester United, just because they're like, hey, if you do it to our sport, we'll do it to yours. We'll take a name brand that everybody loves and just, you paid a lot of money for and run it into the ground. We'll yeah, because it still burn, it still makes money. Like, yeah. you can, you, the, the, commanders, the commanders still make money. Yeah. As bad as they're, as, as piss poorly as they run, they still make money. <laughs> that's, that's the stupid thing about the NFL. Yeah. Like you can be the dumbest person on the planet, and be like <laughs> money. Well, baseball too. Yes, let's not forget baseball. Baseball may be the worst offender. 
Turns uh, out having uh, was 81 home games is enough to make you more money than you'll ever know what to do with. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many tickets you sell. Yeah, even if you only have 15,000 people showing up. Doesn't yeah. matter. All right. 503-250-1080. Cowboys, they get to play the 49ers in the divisional round. That's a Sunday game. That's our late game Sunday. And apparently mm. uh, there's a stat that, what is it? The team that on a five-day five day rest mm-hmm. against seven days rest, because remember, C- Seattle-San Francisco played on Saturday, mm. and then the Cowboys played on Monday. That's Ooh, a, yeah, that big, a big swing. That's a big gap. The team with the more rest has an ungodly advantage. It's like an eight. It's like an eight hundred winning percentage <laughs> or something. They win like eighty percent of the time. So, Cowboys got that going against them too on Monday. Just one more thing for them to complain Just about. Just one more thing. Hey, Cowboy fans, plan accordingly. So you can when everybody says, "See, told you, you're not back." He'll be like, "No." No, this week, though, Cowboys were back. That was impressive. Um, and now we turn our attention to what happens to Tom Brady. Is he going to retire? Mm. Yeah. We're not going to do that today, though. We'll do that tomorrow. We have, we have plenty uh, of time tomorrow. Literally between now and March to, but, to discuss that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of want to talk about this tomorrow because I okay. think that playoff teams are an interesting one to look at with Brady and, and how he framed his goodbye to Tampa. Very odd. Yesterday. Sure. Uh, but what we got to talk about now Blazers are good again. Hey! Hey! First is Russ with Sports Center. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. All right, hang banner again for the Blazers. Uh, They're back to a championship-caliber team after beating the Nuggets back-to-back nights and that five-game road, or Mavericks. Nuggets tonight. Nuggets tonight. Beating the Mavericks back-to-back to end their five-game losing streak uh, by scoring a total of 276 points in two games. (laughs) That's pretty good. Not too shabby. That's pretty good. That's uh, pretty, pretty. Good. Averaging 138 points a night, I think we'll win you some games. Yeah, no, 138 is a really, really good number. What's really interesting about all of this, about where they stand right now, um, the Blazers have been in this weird position where the offense has been good, defense has sucked. Defense has been good, offense has sucked. Last two weeks, they've kind of started to balance that stuff out. Let's play a fun game, Dusty. Where is the Blazers' offense currently ranked in the NBA today? Dude. <sighs> Uh, Ninth. They are top 10, ladies and gentlemen. Defensively on the season, they are now 21st. (laughs) Hey! Hey! Ew. Ew. That's better than it was. Okay, that's still gross. Over the last two weeks, offensively, they are 15th. Defensively, they are 18th. Why? Because over the last two weeks, their offense has sucked and started to gather steam while they're their defense has been very good. Now, now I will I, I will say a lot of folks go, oh, yeah, g- you're still giving up 120 points. Well, yeah, they scored 140, so you're add, adding possessions to a game. Over the last uh, uh, the three games especially, that Cavs game and then both the Mavs mm-hmm. games. Offense has been cracking. The offense is humming. So giving up 119, 120 points when you're putting the ball through the net, you, that's – that's reasonable to assume that yes. the more points you score, the more possessions you create. The worse your total will look, 
but possession by possession, they've been pretty good. Yeah, and the Blazers are playing at a significantly higher pace uh, against the Mavs on Sunday, 100, almost 104 possessions. Okay. Uh, during the season, they've been at around 98, nine, uh, late, high 98, low 99, uh, which is actually they've been playing at one of the slower paces, and I asked Dame about that. Uh, following both games, you know, just how much of the pick and roll and getting into stuff faster has been a thing, and he says yes. You know, <laughs> Just yes. Because... Yes. One of the things that they had been doing is their transition opportunities, and even not even transition, but just early offense, has been very limited. It's really only come out of uh, steals that they get out on the open floor or they get into stuff quicker. Off live rebounds, Dame plays in the half court. It's mm. what they do. If you if you look at them, I believe they were third uh, overall looking at where uh, their play contact sits on the season. That is playing the most in the half court. Uh, actually, I can see percentage of plays right here. Do 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 do. do. They are third. Eighty-one point two percent of their plays come in the half court. Yikes! The team that plays in the half court the least, Toronto at seventy-five percent. Doesn't sound like That's much. A big gap, but a six percent gap is enormous. Okay. Uh, can I nitpick here? Yeah, go. Pick uh, all the nits. The Blazers had to play Dame 37 minutes, and the Mavericks didn't even play Luka Doncic in the second game. Like that, to me, this is where the rubber meets the road with the Blazers, is that these two wins are, are great because you you were in a five-game skid, and, boy, those are never good to have. But we are running into the same problem that the Blazers have always had, which is running your starters into the ground in January. And come March, April, or April, May, playoffs, uh, that's when they wear off, wear down. The first game they didn't. The yes. first game they were able to pack that one up early. Yep. And not have anybody who mattered really play over 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, game two was a weird game. The Doncic-less Mavs were game for three and a half quarters. Mm-hmm. And that's why you saw Dame stick it out a little bit longer. Uh, at the end of three... I want to say that Portland was up five? No, three. Three. And so it was a lot closer than you wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And even though Portland was taking care of the ball and shooting relatively well, Christian Wood, Spencer Dinwiddie, they proved to be problematic, but they ran out of gas, and Portland put it on them. Uh, the fourth quarter scoring was 42-28. Yeah. Uh, Nurk and Dame had 28 in the fourth. So by the time they, like, they came out and basically in six minutes punched them in the face, Chauncey looked at it and said, all right, go a few more minutes. Yeah. Because Dame, realistically, Dame could have played probably 33, 32. And the, the part of this is, the other team has NBA players. When Remember the Blazers early on in their 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 uh, road and road series with the Suns, mm-hmm. without Dame and without Ant, beat a fully healthy Suns team. Mm-hmm. Round find out scale. you got to be careful when a team's shorthanded like that, especially on a back-to-back playing the same team. Charged. You, you will. You, you'll get caught. And we've talked about this so much in these series games, how difficult it is to win both of them. Yeah. And Blazers have done it. I mean, for the most part, they've been pretty pretty good at these. I'll tell you what's fun to see, though, is that Damian Lillard over the last three games has been ridiculous. He's, he's averaging 38 points, shooting 57% from the field, 39% from three, 95% from the free throw line, which he's getting to the line an ungodly amount. Uh, he's averaging, well, sorry, 42 points per game. 
3.6 rebounds, six assists, and only one turnover. One turnover, which is probably the best thing that you can say over the last three games. I like that version of Lillard a lot better. I talked to Dame after the game, after game one and game two, just kind of how he was feeling about just stuff in general, about where they are. And one of the things that he told me is that nobody can stay in front of me right now. So he's getting he's getting his feet in the paint. He's not looking at the guy in front of him. Yeah. He's looking at the guy behind him. And he's right. Nobody can stay in front of him right now. He t- he said he's it's the best shape he's been in his life. This is like he's everything's kind of coming together, and he's gone into takeover mode. Yeah. But it's not been takeover mode in the sense of like it's him. And it's him, it's him, it's him, it's him, it's him, it's him, and then it's Ant. It's him, and then it's Dirk. It's him, and then it's Jeremy. Yeah. There's a, that scoring that you saw Sunday night, 40 from Dame, 20 from Ant, 20 from Nurk, 20 from Jeremy. You've got 100 points in your starting lineup. Mm-hmm. But you had guys effective in multiple ways. And I want to give Nurk credit because he was dog-ass. As a finisher, he was at 52% for the first two and a half months as a finisher at the rim. Do you know what he's been over the past three weeks? Uh-uh. 72%. hey well, That's good. He has cleaned up so much at the rim. And the other thing is, is that three-point shot, is he's, I want to say he's shooting like 52% above the break. Shoot all the above-the-break threes you want. You go into that corner, I am going to no. scream at you. It, for numerous reasons. One, he can't hit it. Two, the floor spacing is terrible. Three, he can't get back on defense. And he just stands when he gets to the corner. Yeah, and defenses don't care. Like, as much as the threes are nice that he's hitting them above the break, defenses do not care about him in the corner. No. They, they do they do not. Hmm. Um, they want him there, in fact, because it, it limits what Portland's transition defense can do. But what has changed about him is his shot diet, has look, he still has a few of those stupid flippy shots. But those have gone down. He's finishing through contact. He's getting to the free throw line, and his his shot diet is basically this. Punishing people at the rim or threes. There's no in-between. That like weird 18-footer or 20-footer, that's gone. Good. It, the analytics shots are there. Get to free throw line, finish at rim, knock down threes. And cleaning that up from his game has been huge. And then we have a turnover, so can we stop couple, those? That was the thing is... Uh, Casey Holdall and I were at, were interviewing him after the game Sunday, and before we even said anything, he goes, "I'm I'm scared. I'm scared to turn the ball over. Chauncey's. I'm scared to pass. I'm I'm too scared to pass." He's like, "I need to take better care of the ball, and if that means I don't pass, well, being then, scared to pass is not good." But but <laughs> I, he was it was a little bit tongue in cheek. But he, I wanted to give him credit after that game for not t- turning the ball over, but he had three turnovers. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it was. They weren't loud. Yeah, and that that's, that's one the big thing that's thing. always been my gripe with the, their turnover is not just volume, but how impactful they are. The, the The fact that the turnovers will happen and lead to fast break opportunities Direct in, in big swings in momentum. Um, or you're just sitting there going, oh, God, what are we doing here? Because guys aren't getting back. It, it's been brutal, but um, clean that up. And you can win some games. Now they go to Denver tonight. Um, that has not been a friendly place to the Portland Trailblazers. It's hell. It doesn't matter how good or bad that Denver team is. The two hardest places for Portland to play historically have been Utah and Denver. Mm-hmm. What do those two places have in common? Uh, elevation. Ah, right. And how long does it take to get used to that? It's 72 hours. I'll let you know. <laughs> you, you can't. 
the Blazers got there yesterday. They're going to try to adjust, um, but be better. It's 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 difficult. It's my the, coaching analysis. Um, I've talked to Terry Porter about this extensively because he played in Denver a ton over his career, and he said the hardest thing about Denver isn't the fourth quarter; it's the first, mm-hmm. because. They're used to it. They're going to jump out on you, and you're you're trying to breathe. Like I don't know anybody, if any of you guys have ever actually been out in altitude. It sucks I the have. life out of you. It's not good. If you're not climatized to it, it it's hard to breathe. The oxygen yeah. level in your blood is just not there. Hmm. And so it, it's being able to weather that first quarter to have those opportunities. So we're, we're getting injury report stuff. Um, Jamal Murray, Bones Highland, uh, are both questionable. There's other guys that are, uh, available who Peyton Watson, Colin Gillespie, whatever Murray and Bones. That's two point guards. It's their guard scoring. Really? Hmm. Uh, them being available or not could definitely swing this game and be an opportunity, particularly as Portland is getting healthier. Cause we've talked this whole time. And you know, what we haven't mentioned Gary Payton, the second or Nasir little and how the Blazers have missed them desperately. Um, I think that Jokic is really good, too. I think that is a problem for the Blazers. Yeah, but yeah. what's going to be really interesting is the Blazers, how they covered Luka Doncic. They threw two at him <laughs> to get the ball out of his hands. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do that with Jokic. Can't I, do it! I think they're going to single cover him. This is a damn good Nuggets team. Best team in the West right now. The only three teams to beat uh, the Nuggets at home this year mm. are uh, the Dallas Mavericks, uh-huh. the New York Knicks, uh-huh. Detroit Pistons. So there's no uh, rhyme or reason. No. And this is the last time the uh, the Blazers Nuggets will meet this season. Their season series will be done already. See, don't have to worry about that. But even more so, why this is huge, again, probably not going to be a problem because of the seeding differential. But you want to split this. You want to get this win because it's, it's always good. It's a split. Uh, you take the season se- or you split the season series with Dallas and you took the season series to Phoenix. Yeah. All and right. Get as many of these tiebreakers as you can. Go Blazers! Hey, two-game win streak. That's a hell of a lot better and more fun to talk about than five-game losing streaks. Now let's make it three. And that is actually a streak once you get to three. Uh, This is Danny Dusty on The Fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080 The Fan. All right, we are wrapping up this Metal Monday on a Tuesday. Uh, Jeff Rust is having a hell of a day over there. Yeah, I'm a big dummy. No, nah, this that's not your fault. You've been uh, you've been beaten down today. <laughs> Technology one, yeah. Jeff Rust negative two. Yeah, I might have yeah. to go home and have a have a Tito's or seven. Yeah, this has been a rough day. For those of you don't, that don't know, behind the scenes, uh, it usually is a, a cluster. But today was especially bad for Jeff Rust as, yeah. as his computer decided to reboot uh, right before the show started. Yeah, basically. I mean, an hour or so before, but yeah. I had to log in under a different user. And, yeah, basically got, got hit by the technology gnomes today. Oh, man. So uh, you you look defeated over there, and I apologize for that, man. So you deserve a few drinks, including you thought it was Monday. It's Tuesday, it's which Tuesday. should be bright news for you. That right? means that, hey, you're one step closer to the weekend, my Yes, man. one step closer to Yacht Rock Friday. That's what I am talking That's about. <laughs> oh, man, we had a lot of football today. Uh, if you missed any of our football conversation, go and check it out on the Les Schwab Tires podcast. That is at 1080thefan.com. 
Um, we talked every round of or every game of Super Wild Card Weekend. We even got some Blazers in. We talked Cliff Kingsbury in Thailand with this smoking hot uh, supermodel. Where would you go if you had that Cliff Kingsbury money, the getaway? Uh, Mediterranean coast. Mm, okay. I'd vacillate back and forth between like Italy, Sicily, Northern Africa. Okay. Balkans. Oh, ooh, I'm finally to uh, White Lotus season two. Oh, are you now? That. Yeah. Speaking of Italy. There you go. That's something. I've only watched the first episode. I, I don't know. Like I was, yeah, we, we just, the uh, one episode in two, but it's That's like, where we're at too. Mm-hmm. I never, uh, really could quite understand like how you are going to make a season two out of it. Just go completely different. Y- yeah. I mean, we're going in, I kind of miss what I can Oh, I always miss, mess this up. Steve's on Scott's on Steve's on Steve's on. Steve's on. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I always call him Steve or Scott, Yeah. but Steve's on. I miss his character already. I'm one episode in, but, uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. Like we have one carryover. One carryover from the from the other cast. Stifler's mom. Stifler's mom. Who Good won, old Coolidge. Who won a well, and I guess to a lesser globe. extent, Uncle Rico too. Yeah, yeah, you got him too. Yeah, yeah. Boy, I, I'm missing Alexander Daddario. That's who I'm missing. There's probably a lot of yeah. dudes out there missing her as well. <laughs> Go and rewatch season one. Um, all right. Okay, that's a good one though. You said Mediterranean coast. Rust, where are you going? Sizzler. <laughs> going to Sizzler. We're going to Sizzler. See, I just I hate flying, and so the thought of being on an airplane for like ten plus hours to me is just, uh, you know, I'm I'm axed out at a, probably about a three or four hour flight. So you're going to Florida? <laughs> yes. Well, kind of fitting for me, isn't it? Oh boy. Oh boy. I don't even think you can make it. You can't make it to South Florida. You're going to the Panhandle, yeah, yeah, right? Where it's the craziest. <laughs> you're going. You're, you're you're basically going to South oh, Alabama, bro. Yeah. Going to Okeechobee. Going right in the hornet's nest. <laughs> oh God. Oh, that's brutal. Um, and an awful, awful, awful answer to the question: If you had Cliff Kingsbury funds, where are you going? Panhandle of Florida, because I don't like to fly more than four hours. Well, you're the one that put the words Florida in my mouth. I just said I wouldn't go very far. Cause, yeah, where are you, where are you I going? Like to fly. Uh, I, I would go, I'd go island hopping. I'd go island hopping. I'd go like Bora Bora, Tahiti. Uh, I just want beaches where like nobody's at. You know, white sand beaches. Personal beach. Crystal clear oceans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Thailand would be awesome, though, too. Because I have a buddy who went over there, and uh, he loved it. He absolutely loved it. He saw a flyer in a Thai restaurant and just decided, yep, I'm leaving. And he took off. I like it. And then went and taught English over there for a while. And now he's back. It's a good move. Yeah, he's back with a wife and a kid. <laughs> that happened. It was quite the life change for him. <laughs> Go leave solo, come back with wife and kid? Yeah. Yeah, but he loved it, and he was inspired by a, uh, a he's, he called it a sign when he went to a Thai restaurant and saw a travel to Thailand brochure at the oh, Thai restaurant. Oh, it was restaurant. a brochure and not a, not a smoking hot Thai woman? No. Oh. But it was like, well, yeah, you're, you're at a Thai restaurant. Like, what if you went to, like, 
I don't know, the Texas Roadhouse. Would you be living in Texas right now because you saw like inspired by travel? It's a, it's a sign. See me, I just see gotta the, go. I just see the poster on the way out of the bar. It says, "We landed on the moon." Yeah, right. <laughs> oh man. Well, um, Danny, I hope that at some point you end up on the Mediterranean coast with millions of dollars, like oh, right. Jeff, I hope you end up on the Florida. panhandle of Florida with uh, not not found strung out millions of pounds of meth. <laughs> bath salts. It's all about the, the best bath part salts. about this is Jeff literally pulls his cuff of his t-shirt over his forearm as I said that. I was adjusting my. It was folded up over. I was adjusting itself. Yeah. Definitely didn't look like you were covering track right. marks. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Have a great Tuesday. We'll see you Wednesday from noon to three. Up next, prime time with Hasgetsu. Bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.